This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're now listening to Boomsies with Dan O'Toole on the Bet Rivers Network. It's a Friday fry yay. And it's a special day because it's the NHL trade deadline. Are we going to keep you up to date on all the moves that have been made? Hell no. Are we going to talk about what it's like to be traded on trade deadline day? Hell yes. Because we've got our good friend Nate Thompson here. Nate, how's it going, buddy? I'm good, Dan. How are you? Well... You see, I was uh, lying in bed the other night, and I saw you tweet out. And yeah, let me read your tweet here. <laughs> I got because, and I'm like, uh, I was struggling to come up with what we would do for Friday Friday because of the trade deadline, and didn't want to try stay current, but still wanted to talk about it. Here's what you said: Exciting time for players and families during NHL trade deadline. Tough time for players and families during NHL trade deadline. Was traded three years in a row around trade deadline. Exciting. As it is not, as it's not easy. I have to remember these guys have uh, are human and have families. So that's what a lot of people first off forget because you're you nitpick the trade without realizing humans were involved. Yeah, human families, pets, houses, schools, everything. Oh man. Yeah. So. Lead us through that. Lead us through. Do you? So you said three years in a row. Did you know this was going to happen? Are you? Are you uh, told by a GM, by a coach that it's going to happen? Is it sprung upon you? Well, listen. My first trade from Tampa to Anaheim happened in the summertime, and if there is a time to get traded, summertime is definitely the easiest. Yeah. Um, I did not know that one was coming. That was a shock. It's still, it's still difficult because you have to, um, you have to deal with moving and getting cars shipped and you know, etc. Um, does the team help with that in some way? Yes, the team does help. It definitely helps. Um, but then you fast forward to the three te- the three years in a row I was traded. Um, I kind of knew every year that it was it was going to happen, that it, there was probably a chance I was going to get traded. But when you get traded during the season, it's a completely different ballgame. Uh, you're dealing with, you know, you're going from a locker room you're comfortable with to a brand new locker room. You you know you usually do know guys, but still you're you're learning the dynamic of um, of that locker room, and you're also dealing with. All right, I have to. Usually when you're getting traded, you're finding out that day and you're on a plane two hours later. 
you know, for example, you know, I was traded from LA to Montreal. We were on the end of a 12, I think it was a 12 day road trip. The last game, we had pregame skate. I was on the bus. I got a call from my agent. And he said, I think you're going to Montreal. Got off the bus. Rob Blake pulled me aside and said, we've traded you to Montreal. Um, and within two hours, I was on a flight to Montreal, right from the hotel. And I, I, I think I think those are the things that people don't understand. That, And don't get me wrong, I, I have received some stuff from people on Twitter. You understand how that goes on Twitter, where yeah. you know, they can be a little bit harsh. And I understand we, we have a, an amazing job. We get paid a lot of money to do it. I do not forget that. But at the same time, there's a lot of little things that people don't understand that can be tough. I mean, to go from a hotel, I'm already on a road trip for 12 days. I have one suitcase. And then you're getting on a plane two hours later to go to another city and try to immerse yourself into that team. Is It can be difficult. And there, there are different um, there are different scenarios where for certain guys it can be a lot harder you know i I luckily i've never had to move kids Mm -hmm. but a lot of guys that move kids and families or or have been in one have been on one team their whole career and have never been used to it i mean there's just so many different factors that go into it have you been in a situation and where you're traded at the deadline and someone from the team has to go into your house and pack up stuff for you uh yes I, there, there's many scenarios where, I mean, for Did example, you just take I, your tooth out? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was having a tough, was having a tough time mid, talking. Mid-interview teeth, <laughs> tooth removal. Yeah, just, I'm, just, I'm just getting real for you. That's all I wanted to do. <laughs> uh, feel free to edit that part out. No, no, we're uh, leaving that in. Okay. Um, yes, I remember getting traded from Ottawa to L.A., I was not playing. I was out with an injury. I'm watching us play on TV in Ottawa. And I remember watching, it's on TSN, and uh, I'm watching watching the game, and I see, uh, okay, they pulled Dion Phaneuf from the game. Uh, we think there's another forward involved, and I knew right away. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, sure I get a call from Pierre Dorian not too long after that. I got traded. Uh, they were on the road, so Dion called me and said, hey, can you go grab some of his clothes and whatever I need from my house? Uh, L.A. was going to be in Pittsburgh, so I was going to meet them in Pittsburgh. And Yeah, I mean, it, there's just so many different scenarios with trades, and you hear all these different stories of guys getting, you know, just like that, guys getting traded mid-game and, um, is the call from the GM in those situations kind of like a call from HR or is it more personal? Like, are uh, they saying like, okay, uh, you've been Delta nice knowing you. Are they like, Hey, you know, it's a, it's a business. And do they, do they make you feel like a, a human and that you, uh, were a part of that team? No, usually every GM is pretty personable. Uh, I'm sure some guys could have different stories, but every, every situation, every experience I've ever been in, the GM has been pretty personal about it. Um, thank you for your, you know, thank you for what you did, and you know, so on. Um, you know, my best story is is when I got traded from uh, Tampa to Anaheim. Steve Eiserman was the the general manager at that time, and 
to go back when I was young, I was a huge Steve Eisenman fan, Red Wings fan. Huge. Mm-hmm. And I got a call. It was like a Sunday night at like 10 p.m. I get a call and I look at my phone and it says Steve Eisenman. I'm like, yeah, he's probably not asking me to you know, go golfing the next day or see how I'm doing. Uh, so he traded me and he was great about it. And he said, Nate, is there anything, you know, I can do for you? Just let me know uh, the future. And I said, yeah, there actually is one thing. And he said, what's that? I was like, can I get a signed jersey? <laughs> and he started dying laughing. He almost was confused for a second. He's like, what do you mean? Like a Tampa jersey? I'm like, no, a Detroit Red Wings jersey, your jersey. And he started dying laughing. And um, I ended up getting a jersey a lot later on when I was playing for. Uh, so he came through on the promise. He came through on the promise. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a whirlwind. I mean, this, this is a, this is a stressful time for guys. Like, like I said in my tweet, it's a stressful and exciting time. I mean, there, there's so many different emotions that go, that all go into it. It's just, um, but at the same time, it's, it's a business and it's all part of it. When you arrive on a new team, I bet I'm just guessing here that it's improved upon what it used to be like joining a new team where you'd be kind of left to figure it out yourself. I think they would be a lot more welcoming in today's day and age. Yes. Very welcoming. Every team I've gone to, uh, the guys are very welcoming. They know, I mean, it's when guys are getting traded around this time, it's, and luckily the teams I've gone, I've gotten traded to have been playoff teams and it's all about getting that team and that group, um, on board on the same page because you have a stretch run going to the playoffs and you want everyone to be included and everyone to be on the same page. So it's just, like I said, there's a little bit of a, a feeling out process because you're going to a new team and in every locker room, there's different dynamics. I mean, you don't know who's the funny guy, who's the quiet guy, who's who the quiet leaders are, etc. You You're trying to figure those those dynamics out. So there's a little bit of a feeling out process when you come into a locker room, but for the most part uh, with, I mean, as you know, with hockey players, usually all pretty good guys and, and you can immerse yourself pretty quick. When you join a new team, everyone, every team has a pregame ritual, like the, the pumping of the gloves and like <laughs> chest bumps. Where do you fit into that? Because that's got to be the most difficult thing. Are you just throwing at the end of the line? You have to come up with your own thing. I think when I and and that's that's a that's a great point because every team does have that. Everyone has their own thing. Everyone has handshakes. The everyone soup. Everyone has their superstitions before games. And for me, every time I've gone to a new team, I kind of just try to stay out of the way, and I just kind of slowly work my way into the superstitions or the routines of guys. Kind of just sit back and watch. I think that's the easiest way to go about it. Um, for and advice for any guys that are getting traded. I think that's the way to, that's the way to do it. You just kind of sit back, watch and slowly, you know, work your way in. <laughs> just a kick to the groin, each new teammate, just a hefty kick to the groin. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is completely unrelated, but I saw it when I reposted uh Wacy rabbit, our good friend, he's an assistant coach with the Saskatoon blades and he was yes. doing a, a pregame, uh, the announcing the lineup, uh, the starting lineup. So he was getting the team all fired up. And I noticed that they don't have the logo on the carpet. This is the Saskatoon Blades of the WHL. But they have it on a light on the ceiling, which makes perfect sense. Because as you know, in an NHL room, 
a lot of them used to, or maybe still do have the logo in the middle of the carpet. And if you as a media member or a fan or a parent of a kid step on that logo, there's hell to pay. Are more NHL teams doing what the Saskatoon blades have done and putting the logo on the roof instead of the carpet? Yes. A lot of teams are doing that. Okay. And I, I think the biggest reason why a lot of teams are doing that because as you know, it's much easier on the equipment guys and the people that are cleaning those rooms. Yes, and it makes no sense. Okay, don't disrespect our logo. Then don't put it on the freaking ground. It, it actually, if you think about it, it, it makes no sense. It should be up top somewhere. But Or usually um, it's like the Habs would have it cordoned off in the middle of the room. So there's yeah. just no point to it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's a lot smarter and, and a lot more practical to be up top where everyone can see it and you're not, you're not stepping on it. The Habs room. Is there something that just feels different about the Habs locker room than any other team in the league? Uh, yes. Initially, when I first walked in there, even their practice rink uh, is the same setup. I'm sure you've been there. The practice rink is the same setup as at the Bell Center. And there's just a presence. There's a feel. You just feel like you're in um, – you're almost in like hockey uh, – The Hall of Fame. Just- the Hall Hockey Hall of Fame being in there, you're looking around and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just a small piece of this. Do they have hot dogs in the locker room in Montreal? No, <laughs> they're not. They're not a locker room. I'm sure you've had a few in your day, though, haven't you? Uh, what are they? What's the French word for those hot dogs at the forum? Chichon. Chichon. They're world famous. One yeah, of the. The things that it was done right was they brought the the hot dogs, the recipe, everything from the forum to the Bell Center because of their iconic history and also brought Yuppie, but that's Expo related. I'd never seen that in my life. I'd never seen a a baseball mascot get incorporated by an NHL team just because you can't retire Yuppie. (laughs) No, I've never seen that either. (laughs) And if you're a road team, a visiting team, you get hot dogs. Usually they're right there on the bench or, or sorry, right there on the table as you walk off down the tunnel, just shishons everywhere waiting for you. What's the strangest thing you've seen someone eat on the bench, not in the locker room between periods, but on the bench, eat or drink. I've seen uh, clips of Ovechkin drinking a Coke, which I don't find strange. It's probably very common occurrence because of the sugar intake and it just gives you gets the blood sugars back up. What is the oddest thing you've seen a teammate or an opposing player eat or drink? I think the oddest thing I've ever seen is, I mean, I've seen Coke. Uh, Eli Kobolchuk used to drink Coke too on the bench, and that must be a Russian thing. Um, I've seen mustard. I've seen someone eat mustard on the bench. I just saw some guy survive somewhere... Oh, he survived on a, a shipwreck eating nothing but ketchup, and now Heinz is buying him a new boat because he survived on ketchup. So you could pr- probably survive on mustard. Okay, mustard, ketchup, yeah, they've got some sugar in there. It's it's like the salt or something so you don't cramp, I would imagine. I'm thinking uh-huh. it's, it's that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But never a sandwich or a piece of pizza? I mean, never on the bench. I've never seen it on the bench. I've seen guys eat pizza in the room in between periods, say it's overtime game playoffs and you haven't eaten for a while, but I've never seen, I've never someone, I've never seen someone grab a piece of pizza and bury it on the bed. That would be something. Uh, That would be a first. 
are there any current NHLers that hack a dart between periods? Because we had an iconic clip at my old work where um, Ally Afraidy's waiting to do a between periods interview and he's smoking a dart and he's like, how much time we got? And they're like a minute. He's like, and then flicks the cigarette away and then, <laughs> then does the interview. And like Guy Lafleur was known to have cigarettes uh, in between periods. Is that gone the way of the dodo bird? That's gone. That's definitely gone. I don't think uh, that'll ever come back. I, mean, I wish I wish I could see it at least one. It would be something else. Probably some oh. lippers, though. Probably some chewing tobacco, especially those Swedes. They always have the little pouches. A lot of lippers. A lot of guys have, yeah, the, the, the pouches, definitely. Um, I mean, you look at, uh, I'm sure you've seen it. You've seen Eric Carlson. He he plays with the Swedes. <laughs> I know. Well, the Swedes are famous. They say they're uh, they're... Their dip in pouches doesn't cause any cancer. I don't know where these studies are, but they say there's no cancer from their snooze or snus, whatever you want to call it. That's what they say. I mean, it's working for Eric Carlson. I mean, he's having a pretty good year this year. Very much so. Remember when he had that gruesome injury and he gave the details all about uh, the tendon being cut? I thought it was done. I thought we would never see the Eric Carlson of old ever again. Yeah, he's... This year, I've this year is the Eric Carlson that I played with when I was with him in Ottawa. Uh, he is back to rare form. He looks, I mean, I, I would think he's probably going to win the Norris this year, the way the, the year yeah. he's having I mean, on pace to probably have around 100 points. And I don't think the was who's the last defenseman to do that, Brian Leach. I don't know. Imagine the Sens had him right now. The Sens, do you still pay attention to your former teams? The Sens, I don't know if you've noticed, are making a little charge to a postseason spot. I have noticed. They're five points out right now. I watched their game last night against Detroit. And, yeah, the pesky Sens, they look like they're making a push right now. And I do. I I usually do watch all the teams I play for, uh, depending on who's playing on, on any given night. But, I like to uh, I like to tune in. I guess you could say I'm still a um, hockey nerd. I like to watch. I um, I've never got your take on Ottawa. I went to school in Ottawa, and to this day, if I got offered a job or told, "Okay, you got to go live in Ottawa," I would drop everything and move there in a heartbeat. I love that city. What was your take on Ottawa? I enjoyed Ottawa very much. The weather, not so much. You're from Alaska, Thompson. What the hell? Everybody says that, but where I'm from, Anchorage, does not get consistently as cold as it does in places like Ottawa or Winnipeg. Just doesn't. Ottawa, a lot of snow. A lot of snow in Ottawa. A lot of snow. A lot of snow. But I enjoyed Ottawa very much. I, I did not know much about it. I was skeptical going there, obviously, because as a visiting player you only know canada and the brook street hotel that's it that's all i knew yeah. so going to ottawa i learned about downtown i lived in westboro i you know i've i've learned to learn the ways of ottawa and, and like you said i agree it was a it was a nice city wait that's the t that's the team hotel for visiting teams because that's kind of just a chain hotel as opposed to like in toronto where uh well, our buddy Connor Ingram, they were staying at the Shangri-La when the Coyotes came to town. I'm like, what the hell's on this travel budget? <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually it's there because it's right next to the rink. Occasionally, I, there's been a few times where I have stayed downtown Ottawa at like the Westin, I think it is, one of the hotels. Uh, but 
I think maybe once or twice in my whole career. For the most part, we everyone is staying at that Brook Street Hotel because it's you know it's right next to it's right next to whatever the rink's called now. Right, I've stayed there. there. They had a pretty nice gym. Is it a nice gym? I haven't yeah. seen it. Um, it completely unrelated. Uh, there was uh, one of those balloons flying around, and it was flying over Alaska. Do you know anyone that saw it in your home state? I do not. I I reached out to different different friends, and uh, they did not see it. I don't think the. I don't think they were able to see it. I think it was shot down pretty quick. Well, it was pretty far up there, and from all indications, was it a balloon? Was it a balloon? Well, here's the thing. I'm hearing reports like. It was like balloon hobbyists. Like it, they just send balloons up. So it was nothing related to national intelligence. And some also say it might have been just from like a party, like a party wow. balloon, like a party city may be responsible. I do know one thing there's two big military bases up there. So I'm thinking it wasn't up there very long. It was shot down very quick. And one of the missiles they used to shoot it missed. The first one missed. And c- why do you need a missile to shoot a balloon? Don't you have like little guns on your planes? I would think these are all these are all things that I don't know. But I would think. I mean, I I didn't even know it was a balloon. I thought it was something else. I, I thought they were saying it was. Uh, they couldn't identify the object. They didn't know what it was. UFO, unidentified yeah, object. UFO. Fly. I don't know. Exactly. Um, yeah, on my G.I. Joe, whenever I'd watch the cartoon, they have like a machine gun on the front of all those planes. Yeah, I, like I said, it's I, I was I was shocked. I was shocked that it was in Alaska. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that. Uh, but I guess we are pretty close to Russia and those other countries. So I guess that's the easiest way. Well, to Sarah that. Palin said she could see uh, Russia from her uh, front yard. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that one before too. Have you ever met Sarah Palin? I have. Really? I know Sarah. Yes. Yeah, she's very nice. Okay. Nice. She's a very nice lady. Yes. Um, Nate, uh, how's your season going for uh, going so far? Are you getting traded at the trade deadline this year? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. I think I'm here to stay the rest of the season. Um, the Ontario rain. The Ontario Reign. I think I'm here. I'm currently out with a little minor injury right now, so nothing serious. But um, I think I'm here to stay. And then I don't know what my future holds. I don't know if this is uh, – this might be it. No. No. Those words be, cannot be spoken on this podcast. No. <laughs> How's the body feeling? Yet. Are you are you feeling your age? Are you like, nah, I could play a few more years? Well, that's the thing is some days I feel like – I, I can't do this. And then some days I wake up and I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I think I got two, two years left. So it, I guess it just depends on the day. But I bet you even 10 years ago, you'd wake up some days after a game and say, I can't do this anymore. This is true. This is very true. I, I, I think right now for me, it's more like body wise. Yeah. I, I didn't deal with all the nags of you know, the little injuries I've had to deal with over the years, but it's, uh, it's mentally. We'll see where I'm at mentally at the end of the season, if I'm mentally in it or not. NFL linemen, you hear stories how after a game they can barely get out of bed. Have you ever had a game like that where you played so physical or the game was so physical in which you couldn't move the next day? Yes. Definitely. Do you remember who uh, it was against? Is this a rare occurrence or has this happened a few times? I think more so 
long playoff runs. Aha. Uh-huh. I think um, I remember, and I was playing with a bad shoulder, which, which I had to get operated on after the playoffs, after the season was over. When I was in Anaheim, we went to the conference finals uh, against Chicago, lost in seven games. And I remember for, I remember the next day vividly, I woke up and I f- physically, I felt like I could not walk to go to the bathroom. It hurt to walk. Yeah. And I, I felt like I was like, I felt like I was 90 years old and I was, I could barely move. And that was, that was a, an experience I've never felt before at that time. I remember reading a quote from a player. They lost to a team in seven games or something. It was like the second or third round. And they, they remarked how they walked by the other team's room and they thought they'd see them celebrating, but instead they saw the entire team like ice bags everywhere. Like they looked like they had just got in like a, uh, a massive accident, every single player. So that's where their eyes were opened up for NHL playoff newcomers. They're like, oh, shit, they put everything on the line. I, think I don't think people a- can wrap their head. I can't wrap my head around what it takes to get out of the first round, let alone make it to the Stanley Cup final, because that's a lot of abuse to your body. It is. It's. I, I mean, I'm biased, but it's, and I'm sure you agree, but it's by far the hardest trophy to win in sports. Because you're playing every other day, you know you're playing best of seven, best of seven series, and it's all out. I mean, you watch we, we watch a playoffs every year. You see what these guys put on the line. They put their bodies on the line mentally. I mean, everything. You're for for two two and a half months. You're you're really checked out, and you're all in on your team and trying to win the Stanley Cup. And it's it's a grind. I mean, obviously, but it's if you win, it's the most rewarding thing. Yeah you'll ever do i've said this and i stand by this until the day i die the first round of the stanley cup playoffs is the greatest thing in all of sports the first round because anything can happen and it always does i think you're right and i think the first round of the playoffs is i look back on all the series i've had in the first round and i and i would say that the majority of those were the hardest series everyone's fresh everybody's fresh and it's an absolute war out there in the first round. And you don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, this year we could get, I was talking to somebody today. I mean, you see the season that Boston's having and our good friend Monty, you mm-hmm. know, I like a Monty's men. I nicknamed that when I just came up with that. Um, Monty's men. And they could, they could end up playing the Pittsburgh Penguins or the New York Islanders in the first round. Think about that. Tampa or Toronto, one of those teams may not make it out of the first round. They're going to play each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And you look at the trades these teams are making, and you have six, seven teams in the East. That I, I honestly think that any team in the East that makes the playoffs could win a Stanley Cup this year. I know. It's insanity. It's, 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 it's insanity. But, I mean, that's – that's the greatest thing about the about the NHL. I mean, you're not getting that in any in any other sport. You're not getting a you're not getting teams that are making the playoffs being like you know being an eighth eight seed or whatever the wild card now and going okay they have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. I mean that's that's rare. Yeah, they just got to uh, fix the uh, go back to the old way of the playoffs. Oh, one hundred percent. It's got to be one through eight because I I think you look at teams like Tampa and Toronto. They shouldn't be no. You should be. 
rewarded for having the season that you had, not having to play a team that has just as many points as you and you're playing within the division for the first two rounds. It just, it's not okay. You should have a chat with Gary about that. Oh, what a nerd. Um, <laughs> Nate, appreciate this, I buddy. I said it. I know. That's You're not guilty. <laughs> I'm the one who said it. Um, yeah. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Really appreciate it. And um, maybe we'll talk to you during the playoffs. Maybe we'll get you and Knuckles on at the same time. Yeah, I'll break it down for you if you really want me to. Yeah. I, can break it down. I just uh, like get Knuckles on here and trying to get him to say words with an R in them. <laughs> I'm sure he loves that. Oh, no. He, well, I was on his podcast real quick uh, with him and uh, Tim Stapleton, and he was trying to say words without an R. So he'd say, I'm taking my car. Uh, down to Harvard Square, and it just sounds weird when he takes out the Boston accent. Yeah, it's yeah, I bet. <laughs> that's him. He is. A, that's what makes Knuckles Knuckles is the Boston accent. Uh, Nate, get out of here, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Dan. Mister Nate Thompson, what an absolute legend. Where is he at now? Uh, All time games in the NHL. So he's playing uh, for the Ontario Reign. Um, so far this season, he's played 36 games for them, I think. Hang up. Hang up. Hockey DB. Still is my source. Uh, 28 games for the Reign. He's got uh, six points, 44 penalty minutes out with an injury right now. But he's sitting at 844 games in the NHL. Hopefully, this is, uh, this is not his last season. He said, uh, maybe. See how the body feels, but nothing but positive vibes going Nate's way. Uh, hopefully the uh, the trade deadline worked out for you and your team. Sometimes I look at trades and I'm like, but everything was working. Why, why did you do this to your team? Why did you add things? Everything was going so well. So we'll see. Uh, we'll maybe uh, break things down a, a little bit more once uh, the dust has settled on Monday when we do... Uh, Monday, fun day edition of, it's not even Boomsies. Boomsies special? I don't know what the hell this is called. Anyway, until then, have yourself a great weekend. Welcome to Boomsies with Dan O'Toozy. Live from Orno in the heart of Ontario. Oh, baby, Boomsies. Thanks for listening to Boomsies. 